1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Riverfront. This is episode number 446 of the world's most dangerous podcast, where we discuss the Cincinnati Reds and, occasionally, Logan Andrusek. I don't know. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me this week is Nate Dotson. How are you, Nate?
0: Wyatt, I am rolling.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there you go. First reference of the night. We'll see how many more we can drop in. Uh, Before we go further... If you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, smash the subscribe button. And by the way, about YouTube, Nate, I thought this was uh, interesting. I'm going to go ahead and mention this in the middle of my promo for our YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash RiverfrontCincy. But anyway, uh, so I'm on, I'm on the YouTubes last night, a- as one does. And uh, it feeds me Cincinnati Reds-related content, as every single uh, uh, you know, <laughs> platform I'm on does. And uh, one of the videos, it was... I, I TJ Sports USA. I don't know who this is, what kind of a account this is, but it's a picture of your boy Graham Ashcraft and uh, speaking on, on the microphone. And here's the, here's the title. Uh, maybe we need to do a better job of titling our, our episodes is what I'm saying. Graham Ashcraft speaks after Cincinnati Reds defeated. Okay, that sounds okay. But speaks and defeated are all caps. Graham Ashcraft speaks after Cincinnati Reds <laughs> defeated.
0: I don't know. Uh, just sounds like they're uh, really, really rooting for that 101st loss. <laughs> sounds like it. It sounds like.
1: It. So anyway, if you're listening to the audio version, uh, why not subscribe? Have my dulcet tones delivered to your phone every single week. Plus, you could hear somebody of those they're talking about. Nate, or everywhere you find podcasts. Apple, uh, Spotify, Google, everywhere. Radio is a thing, evidently. We're there. Um, one last thing before we get into the, the, the content that you're here for. This show would not be possible without the support of our Patreon family. So if you want to. Get, go a little deeper. Help keep this ship, aflo- ship afloat. Uh, maybe get a couple goodies uh, in the process. Just join us. Patreon.com slash RiverfrontCency. Enough of that. Uh, we have to get going here. We are recording on Thursday night, as we always do. And we have to uh,
0: go watch some, some, uh, some foosball. Right? American foosball. Yeah, big matchup in Cincinnati tonight. The, uh, the Miami Dolphins come to town. I won't say the hated Miami Dolphins, but there are some people that we have um, – less than positive feelings for at the moment. Tyree Kill calling out some some Bengals players. So excited to wrap this up. Go down Plant in front of the TV. Already got permission from the missus to watch football for the rest of the evening. It's beautiful. She's a good woman. She's a good She woman. is a she is
1: a great one. You need to uh, hang on to her as long as you can, my friend. Um so what I'll say is this we're not going to talk about football here tonight, but I do want to say if you've been following us, you know we do have a, a new Bengal show. It's titled The Riverfront Bengal Show, very cleverly. And uh, it's no longer, in, we've had it in this feed. If you're following the audio feed, it's been in this feed before. It's no longer, it's on its, in its own audio feed. Go search for The Riverfront Bengal Show everywhere. And a um, new episode came out uh, yesterday. And so uh, enjoy. Uh, let's talk baseball. Actually, before we talk baseball, I, I have an apology to make. Which is how, about you know, this is 446 episodes, and at least 404 of them begin with an apology. It's just, you know, <laughs> I put my foot in my mouth. So you mentioned on our last show that we were heading down to Austin, Texas. That's a whole different state. And, uh, to have, you know, just to have a weekend down there. Well, I happened to text our buddy Carlos Guevara. Carlos, of course, of the Late Night Reds show which is a, a great show that we pretend to have beef with all the time. You should go listen to that. Look, for, look forward on YouTube and, uh, and watch, watch and listen to those guys. But anyway, I happened to mention to Carlos, we're coming to your uh, area, you know, because he uh, he lives in the, uh, the great state of Texas. And uh, he said, well, you know, I might be available on, uh, on Friday. So, you know, let me know what you're up to. And I said, yeah, I'll get back to you. I'll keep you in the loop, I think I said. And I proceeded to not keep him in the loop. I completely forgot about it until he started swearing at me on uh, on the Twitters. He used the swear words. Nah, no, he didn't really. But it's more fun if I say it that way because <laughs> nobody likes the swears. Um, Nate,
0: how big of a faux pas was
1: this, and and how do I uh, how do I correct it?
0: It was pretty bad. I was I was promised at least potential for Carlos to uh, to join. Friday night was the night where I stayed up the latest and had the most fun. I, I think I might have uh, you know drank what Carlos would have. So I you know I, I represented in his stead Friday night. But it was terrible. Chad got my hopes up, and then he squandered them. Completely ruined my bachelor party. Carlos, next time, me and you, we're leaving Chad out.
1: You know, I was I was thinking, you know, uh, you're my brother and everything. You might, uh, you know, brothers got to back got to back your brother's play, right? Um, But instead, (laughs) instead, you completely stabbed me in the back in favor of Carlos Guevara, which makes sense. I get it. I mean, we like him a lot, but so so maybe I'm in the wrong. Carlos, I apologize. Uh, Austin was amazing. Um, I was, uh, entirely too old to be there. It's, it's clear, but uh, everyone in that city is 22 years old. It's uncanny, but the food, the food was amazing. Uh, you know, music, the comedy, it just, it was, we had a blast down there and we, nothing but uh, two thumbs up, I guess for Austin,
0: Texas. Right. Absolutely. Could not have been more fun unless Carlos was there. That that would have been more fun. (laughs) Moving on, moving on.
1: Right. Exactly. So Carlos, sorry. Um, you're both ganging up on me. Okay, I think we've, uh, you know, successfully, we've done pretty well. We're six minutes in here, and uh, we're yet to talk about the Reds. And maybe that's by design, <laughs> the, the Cincinnati Reds. What's happened since we last spoke to you? Well, the Cincinnati Reds have played some more games. And those games, um, you know, were not, uh, not not great games. Seven games since then, six losses. They didn't pick up one win against Milwaukee, but they lost three out of four to Milwaukee. And then, this is the heartbreaking part of it, swept again by the Pirates. That's seven straight losses to Pittsburgh, two straight sweeps at the hands of the Pirates. Uh, the, the Reds are stumbling across this finish line, aren't they?
0: Oh, man, stupid Pittsburgh. It is. Uh, it's been a rough. It's been a rough September. The, uh, there's only been seven teams, seven seasons in Reds history, with a worse winning percentage than this current 60-96 and 96 team. Seven times ever. Six of those happened before World War II. I don't think anybody's expecting much out of this team after the uh, the fire sale, but hey, you know, bad baseball and losing baseball is better than no baseball.
1: Mm, Well, point of order. Uh, I'm not quite sure that's the case, but, uh, it's, it's weird. An awful start to the season as we documented here many, many times. And then the Reds actually had a, a stretch there in the middle where they were fun to watch, you know, they competitive baseball and with the roster they had just playing around 500 baseball was hey, that's pretty good. And they did for a, first a stretch. So that was fun. But now they're just, they're, the team is just, they have no one left on the roster and it's just, it's ugly. There's still an, as we, uh, there's no game, obviously it's on uh, Thursday night here. So when you uh, listen to this, uh, Probably on your commute Friday morning, as many of you do, or on your run, or walking your dog, whatever you do. And people are still listening, by the way, Nate. I, I look at those stats and I can't believe it. Why? Uh, I, I don't know, but thank you.
0: We love you. you. We love you. We
1: do love you. But you'll see, uh, as, as you're listening, you, you'll recognize the fact that the Reds um, still have a chance to break the all-time franchise record for Go. most losses. And I think, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to root against the Reds. I, I don't. But Six games left, three in Chicago, three at home, all six against the Cubs, the stupid, stupid Cubs. And if the Reds lose all six of those, they will have lost 102 games. The all-time franchise record for losses is in 1982 when the Reds uh, were 61 and 101. So if they go one and five, they can they can tie that. Two and four, it's a hundred-loss season for only the second time in franchise history. Uh, don't you feel dirty rooting for that? Because I do. I want it to happen. At this point, frankly, uh, just because uh, someone said it on Twitter, the Castilians don't deserve to have a 98 or 99 win team. They deserve to have triple-digit <laughs> losses, but I still feel kind of
0: dirty rooting for that. I get a loophole. Um, you're not really rooting against the Reds, at least the Reds players, because only Joey Votto and Mike us are under contract for next year. So, and they're yeah. not even playing. So technically, so technically, I'm not rooting for
1: anyone that's that's signed to a contract for next year. Hmm. It's true. It's true. And, uh, and that's, that's why in my next week's uh, column in Sunday magazine, I'm going to make the case, try to make the case that there is actually a clear path for this team to be competitive, not next year, but the year after. Mm
0: -hmm. And a big
1: part of that is because of all the money that's uh, come off the books, because that's literally the only two players they'll have under contract for next season. Everyone else else is either arbitration eligible or not yet arbitration eligible. And so again, if you're looking for reasons to, uh, be uh I don't know optimistic again you have to be able to trust this organization to execute on it but um but there is a clear path and we'll get into that probably some on the show next week but uh, for now we're going to talk about where we are now um, and the most exciting thing that happened this week absolutely the most exciting thing Jose Barrero had a good game I no. mean <laughs> can you believe this Jose Barrero <laughs> And uh, it's just three for four. Um, It's just amazing. At the time, I think he got his third hit. I think it was the only three hits the Reds had that day as as their four to three loss in uh, 10 innings. But um, he took two at-bats to two ball counts, two others to three ball counts. Uh, You know, uh, his last uh, at-bat, 11, saw 11 pitches. Did strike out, but saw 11 pitches. That's I refuse to take these little things to get excited about Jose Barrow, but I need something to get excited about this week, and that's what I chose. What do you think?
0: I love it. Um, David Bell even had some nice things to say about his timing uh, the game before, even though he went over four or three K's. He had he had some deeper counts. He was showing more patience than he has in the past. Um, you know, grasping at straws here because it has been really, really bad for Barrero, even though some new report came out apparently with like rating the strength of everyone's arms all the position players arms and he has like the second best arm of an in a shortstop so you know i guess there's that but i'm not losing too much faith in jose bro it's gonna be a tough season um tough season for everybody but i just uh will throw out there that you know he was a he was a highly rated prospect yeah i have a feeling that we be... highly rated prospect so let's, that's let's, that's where i was going
1: yeah, I, I feel like I feel like he's, that's what I was going to say. He's going to be our next. In other words, he'll be like, well, he plays good defense. If he could just, just hit a little bit like he did in the minors.
0: And then, you know, all of a sudden you're 27 Keep years old. Keep and- that in mind when you're getting excited about your next, you know, high A second baseman or some crap.
1: That's why I was so critical of all the hauls the Reds got. Oh, they got a haul for Luis Castillo. Oh, they got a haul for uh, Tyler Malley. Okay, good. I hope they all turn into good players. How many of them have in the past that the Reds have acquired? You know, how many prospects flame out I do that project of just look at the Reds' top 10 prospects year by year for the last 20 years and see how many of them panned out? I'm telling you, it's way fewer than you think. So, but good. I hope, I hope all these great young shortstops do well. Um, they're going to have to because that's the only path to a competitive team going forward. Um, I guess we're going to look at the, uh, I started to say, let's look at the standings, but I don't want to look at the standings. The Reds, um, do we Do, we want, to, do we want to look at the standings?
0: I mean, uh, not if you want to talk about the Reds. We can talk about some of the other teams, I guess.
1: <laughs> I thought the Reds were absolutely in no danger of finishing in last place. I mean, I thought they, we, we had sort of uh, put that behind us, and then you lose seven straight to the Pirates, and now the Reds are one game out of last place. Uh, well, do you and, want them and, and, to finish
0: last place at this point? Uh, sure, why not? Just to embarrass we'll the some, Castellinis. We'll get some higher odds for uh... – you know, the top the top draft pick.
1: Oh no, I just care about Embarrassing ownership. I don't I don't care about that stuff.
0: Yeah, fair. Um
1: <laughs> the Reds are uh thirty games out of first place and and Nate, uh the team that's in first place just clenched the division. Uh did you just throw open your mouth a little bit?
0: A little bit. It made this uh high noon I'm drinking taste a little worse. <laughs>
1: the Saint Louis Cardinals. Ugh. All right, so uh, anyway, the Reds are still uh, an outside shot at 101 uh, losses the to tie the franchise record. And that brings us to our first viewer mail question of the night. These questions come from our friends at patreon.com slash This first question comes from James Urban. James asks, actually, he does have a question here, but he starts it out this way. Just a friendly reminder, we are officially on Tattoo Watch 2022. Will the Reds manage to fumble the bag to the tune of 100 losses and force Chad to get a tattoo or go back on his promise? Find out soon. Now, we have to litigate this here for a moment, okay? Because uh, James did remind us on our, our Slack channel that you can be a um, part of where we discuss everything, not just Reds, but every, literally all kinds of nonsense. Um, $2 a month for that. Um, he reminded me that early in the season, and it would have been somewhere after the Reds started, you know, three and ninety-eight or whatever they started. Um, evidently, I made some sort of a promise, and I vaguely remember it after he mentioned that. Uh, but I'm not sure James has the details right. What do you remember of this uh, this promise?
0: I remember him bringing it up, and I actually went back and searched um, through the history of the Slack channel when the first time James ever mentioned this. it was July fifth. He brought this up. Which is kind of sad because that means we've been talking about a hundred lost seasons since at least the beginning of July. Um my favorite tidbit about this, and you could tell me what the facts are in a little bit, because you know, I don't care about the facts, is that Slack, another another member of our Slack channel, Clay Christian, a member of the Patreon family, he recommended what tattoo you should get. I don't know if you saw this or not. I did not. Were- if you will look down in the overlay section i might have snuck into the back end of this and uploaded it to this channel today there's all that photo down there
1: i saw that when i logged on and i couldn't figure out what that was
0: this is the so tattoo I'm... that clay christian thinks you should get
1: <laughs> and if you're not watching on youtube nate can you describe it it's,
0: it's it, very is, handsome. it is a picture of a quaffed out Collar popped, suited down, Phil Castellini, sunglasses on, just looking as turdy as ever.
1: <laughs> right <laughs> before sure he that's...
0: asked you where you're gonna go. All
1: right. I'm not sure that's the tattoo I want, Nate. I, I, I may have to object to that. Um, what we need to do is first of all. So James keeps saying that it's a hundred losses is the, but as I recall, it was 101. If the Reds tied the all-time record or worse, that I would get a tattoo. So I'm trying to weasel my way out of this. Essentially, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Um, so someone needs to go back into the archives. It's before July 5th, at least we know mm-hmm. sometime between then and the beginning of the season. And, uh, cause I know you all are going back and listening to all these shows over and over and over again. Anyway, go back into the archives, find it. And if you can tell me which episode it's on, we'll pull it out and play it next time. And, um, and by the time we're here next week, we will know whether, uh, Tattoo Watch 2022 has been a success or a, uh. A failure uh, like so many other things in Cincinnati and uh, Nate, I'm just not sure that uh, I'm not sure that's what I'm going to choose that the Phil Castellini.
0: Well, I guess that's your loophole. You said you'd get a tattoo. You never said of what you can get something that well, you
1: want. We may have to crowdsource it. If it happens, we have to crowdsource it here at the riverfront.
0: Get the billboard, uh, oh, sell gosh. the team, Bob billboard <laughs> on you your know. entire uh, back.
1: Uh, I, how do you know? I don't already have that. Uh, <laughs> James, how dare you pay attention to what we say here? I'm really upset with you right now. <laughs> Other Reds news of the week. Uh, I, yeah, I guess we can talk about Hunter Green again. We sort of waxed poetic about Hunter Green last week, and he's still, I mean, just a really amazing since he re- returned uh, three starts. Uh, the Reds have lost all three. That wasn't his fault, though. He has uh, thrown 17 innings, 1.06 ERA, 29 strikeouts to just against just six walks, just Absolutely, dominating. Um, I, we don't have to really dive into it too much more, other than to say, "Wow, I, I, you know, he looks like, you know, eleven strikeouts in back-to-back games." I don't know what to say the guy just looks as if well, we've been waxing poetic about him all year, so. But anyway, Nate, any thoughts?
0: Yeah, just real quick, you know, in September that one point zero six ERA, a .94 whip. And I always talk on here about how much I like it when the whip starts with 1.0. Imagine how much I like it when the whip starts with a uh, zero point something. Get out of here. It's just insane. He's dropping it on anybody that he faces. 15.35 Ks per nine, too. He's been just outstanding.
1: Yeah, not much more you can say. Just unbelievable. I'm looking at the Slack channel. Some kind of uh, wackiness uh, you all got into today that I missed when I was actually you know, working. Um Hooper Powell says, if we hit 100 losses, we should have a Top 100 Favorite Reds podcast where we can all send in a vote. I like it. Or make it Top 100 Obscure Reds. I oh, know That's pretty good. Pretty good Ooh. idea. We'll do something special. Um, what else this week? Uh, Luis Castillo, former Red. Luis Castillo. Um, yeah, he uh, signed a contract extension with the Seattle Mariners. And it, I'm saying it like that because it makes me sad because it's a five-year extension worth $108 million. That is a lot. That is not a lot for one of the best pitchers in baseball. It is, I think, a below uh, below market deal, below what he can get on the, on the market. And uh, the news came out that the Reds didn't really, uh, that the Reds did make some kind of an offer. But if they couldn't make, weren't going to make at least that offer, this is basically what everyone's saying, which I agree with, if it, then they weren't serious about really trying to sign Luis Castillo, and uh, we got questions later. We might be able to talk about this a little more. But it just—I'm happy for Luis Castillo. He's a likable guy, uh, evidently a good teammate. Lots of money—that's you know generational money. He, He'll—he and his kids and his grandkids won't have to worry about money ever again. But he could have been playing for the Reds for the next five years, and that really, really irritates me. That's me trying to avoid saying more
0: filthier words.
1: Nate? Oh.
0: It was bull crap. I don't know how everyone doesn't agree with it. Um, there are 18 pitchers this season making $20 million or more. Um, only four of them are actually having a season that is comparable or better than uh, Luis Castillo. Um, 13 of those 18 are on teams that were at least fighting for a playoff spot until very, very recently. 10 of them are on playoff teams. Good teams have guys like that on deals like that. It's 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 under market value. And uh, I just don't understand how you'd rather have prospects. I get enjoying both strategies. Like, hey, maybe it's not one or the other. Maybe, maybe the deal's worked out for both teams. Sure, I can certainly see that argument. But if you think that you can contend as early as 2024, and you also think that the Reds could have had him at that price – then I think it's 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 infuriating. I mean, he signed through 2027 with an option for 2018 or 2028. That gives him a couple of years to steward the young arms, and then boom, right back in the thick of things for you know the, the that stretch, the next stretch where we're all hoping the Reds are good and competitive. Um, he could have been here. He could have been here, assuming he wanted to stay. There's always the caveat that maybe they did offer him. He just said, No, you guys are gross. I'm leaving. But if it was true that they could have had him for that number and they didn't, then it is uh, front office malpractice.
1: Yeah, well, you hit the point that I was going to make as well, which is that you know it's it's logical for an elite pitcher who only has one shot at this at a career to uh, be on a team for the first three months of a season that clearly is not trying to win, has no interest in winning in the near future, and um, he might not have accepted that deal with the Reds, whereas the Seattle Mariners, you know, they've not had a lot of success in past years, but they're clearly trying. And so, uh, and you know, where would you want to spend your next five or six years? Uh, cause there is an option in there. Um, I, you know, it's rainy in Seattle, but they don't have chili. Actually probably they do have some kind of chili. I don't know. There's your no hipsters. In Washington. They got lots of hipsters unless they've all moved to Austin because they were all there. Um, yeah, so so it's reasonable to it's reasonable to, to say that well maybe maybe he didn't wouldn't want to sign for that for the Reds. I, I wouldn't blame him if he did, but if the Reds could, this is what worries is not the right word because I, I have no faith in this franchise at, at this point, and none of you should have any faith whatsoever. If you want to hope, and we're all going to keep watching and we're hoping, that's fine, uh, but uh, won't be fooled again,"
0: uh, said said uh, some modern day philosophers. Mm-hmm. And if they um, had, if they had offered it to him, you'd think that there would be every single person in the PR department would be screaming as loud as they can. Hey, tell the t- tell the fans, tell the public that you offered him this. And they that he said no. Like cover, or they cover would leak your own it. ass. Yeah, yeah Nick Craw would leak it to the beat writers.
1: You know who uh, often are just basically stenographers and just transcribing whatever's uh, said to them from from the front office. Um, okay, but let's say that the Reds could have had him for that, or somewhere close to there. That's where it's the most infuriating. Now, it's a big if, because we don't know. We don't know. But if the Reds didn't offer him that amount, then what we're saying is, to me, this says, we do not intend to compete anytime in the near future. Because kind of what you just said, if, if, if they're not going to compete during the time, the window that he would have been here, and specifically, I'm talking about 24, or even 25 and t- through 2027, that window there. If you're, if the reds are telling us we're not going to be able to compete in that window, then guess what that means. It means Tyler Stevenson's window closes around 27. Jonathan India's window closed. Cause they're going to be uh, free agents. Um, Hunter green, uh, Nicola Dolo. They're going to be getting to the end of of their, uh, you know, uh, cost controlled years. So what you're telling me is that we don't want this picture at this reasonable price. Again, lots of speculation here, but you know, that's what we do. Uh, we we could have this pitcher, great elite pitcher, at a reasonable price for, for a period of time when we expect to to win, but we can't afford it. Well, you have no money on the books after this year. You you have no payroll. You got like forty five million in payroll committed for next year. That's it. You can't fit Luis Castillo in, in that payroll. Well, but then you're really doing
0: something after that. It's a, exactly. It's madness. It's preposterous. Yeah. So so a, if you to want to believe then like, I mean, good for you. If you are living a happier existence than I am. Like I'm not telling you to change your ways because you should choose to be happy. Always choose happy. But man, it is, uh, it's, it's hard to look at the evidence and get too excited.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't see any reason to think again, I said earlier, there is a path to be competitive in 2024 and beyond. I, I truly believe that if they have competent mm-hmm. uh, leadership and management, uh, but show me the evidence Show me the evidence that would cause me to believe that this team is ever going to be able to execute any kind of a plan. And again, I'm like Nate. Enjoy it if you want. I just can't. I can't pretend anymore. Um, so yeah, we're gonna be watching some some bad baseball. Can we not talk about that anymore? Please.
0: How about Connor Overton's back? That was exciting for the first like thirty minutes. And then he played. And it was real bad after that.
1: Yeah, he gave up five runs in three innings uh, pitch. So it wasn't exactly the Connor Overton that we've been pining for all these many months, just dreamily thinking about uh, the return of Connor Overton. But good luck to him. Hope he hope he comes back. Uh, yeah. Mike Miner's career is probably over in Cincinnati.
0: He's it might be over in its entirety. He
1: said he's well, thinking hope about not. retiring. Yeah, I mean, you know, well, if he wants to retire, that's one thing, but. Uh, uh, I hope he goes somewhere and well, I hope he pitches as long as he wants to pitch, as long as he's not wearing a Reds uniform. Uh, you know, the Reds have an option for next year for Mike Miner, they're gonna have to pay him $1 million to go away. So that's gonna be $11 million his $10 million contract this year and $1 million to go away. That is, was well, just you might as well just lit it on fire and burned it behind the pitcher's mouth. <sighs>
0: um,
1: you know, Nate, my Cincinnati Magazine column this week was kind of a season re- review. We usually finish up the season with a season review and then a season preview in the final week of the season. And this week it was the season review. And I took, I spent several hundred words talking about reasons for optimism. And I felt like we kind of might need to dive into those a little bit, just just quickly, um, because it gets into what I was talking about. You know, the core of the 2023 Reds, next year's Reds. That's Twenty twenty three is next year. You know you. some some really talented kids. Jonathan India, Tyler Stevenson are legit. I believe it. I, you know India made me question, it, but I, I I'm I'm going to put my uh, uh, cards uh, behind Jonathan India again. You know Ladolo, Green, Ashcraft, uh, Alexis Diaz in the bullpen. I mean there are there's a good young. It's a small core. Um, what uh, prospect Ellie De La Cruz did this year it was just unbelievable. And he's he was named the uh, in the in single A uh, Midwest League he was named the most exciting player, best batting prospect, best power prospect, and fastest base runners base runner by the uh, managers, and probably going to win the MVP of the Midwest yeah. League. And and if I if I've learned anything here uh today on the riverfront, it's this: everyone who's a star in single A ends up being a star in the major leagues. Is that is that what I should take? Come on, Dela Cruz. <laughs>
0: You wrote such a positive piece. I was about to give you all the credit for how, how far you've come after we just went on like a 15-minute neg- negativity tirade. It's like, no, let's bring it back around to the super positive, optimistic piece you wrote. <laughs> we, yeah. we can't even get through that. Uh,
1: no, no, no. But seriously, I mean, uh, I am as excited about Elliot Cruz as any prospect in a long time. And then the, the other part of it is that, you know, um, Nick Crawl, for all his uh, insanity and inability to speak uh, the English language very well, um he had acquitted himself well uh, with the return in on some of these recent trades this year uh, five of the top nine prospects uh, according to MLB pipeline are were acquired via trade this season so that's i mean that's a big boost to the farm system so uh, some people have have the reds maybe even a top five farm system so you got a good farm system uh, elite prospect Eli de la cruz you've got a good talented core of youngsters the other part we We've been talking about all this money coming off the book. so you could really make a splash in free agency to fill in the holes around the youngsters that don't work out. And uh, and I fully trust uh, the Castellinis to uh, execute on this. Yes, I'm being positive. I'm positively <laughs> positive about the Castellinis. I'm trying.
0: Have, we got, have they got you like a hostage situation going over there? Are you reading off of a screen?
1: <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Absolutely,
0: I. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. I think next year can still be fun. I don't expect the Reds to contend, but if if, if somehow they could get a little bit extra out of some of the uh, those prospects that are that are close, you know, the Christian Encarnacion, Strand, who I think is just going to be an awesome, you know, just a big league hitter for a long time. Spencer Steer sticks. Uh, Matt McClain can see some time. And then maybe a late season call up by La Cruz. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, V. I mean, Marte. I mean,
1: uh, you know, who's a number two prospect uh, came over in the uh, Winker trade. He could. He, we could see him next
0: year. Yeah, but look at the two thousand twenty-two Baltimore Orioles. You know, they, they 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 jumped their timeline a bit because some of the young guys just got hot. And I think sometimes that energy, that sort of uh, you know that that atmosphere with guys like that can trump bad leadership. You know, it doesn't have to start from the bottom or start from the top and trickle down. These guys can come in and, you know, electrify the team, the clubhouse, and then the fan base and give us something to root for. Am I predicting that? No, but you don't have to squint too hard.
1: I won't get fooled again, Nate. I won't get fooled again. Ah, you're right. No, you're right. You're actually right about that. And. Uh, it's it's not anywhere near the same situation, but the two thousand nine to two thousand ten Reds when they took a big jump with the the kids in two thousand ten and ended up winning the division. Reds are not going to win the division next year, but um, but there could be some fun things to watch. Certainly, we'll detail those during the off season. And I do if they're if they are not going to win, I would do want to see these kids. Let's get them up here. Let's let's play them. Um, I'd, I'd rather see that than the Mike Miners and the Tommy Fams
0: of, of the world. So uh, remember those guys. Barely and not for
1: long. Nate, can we answer some viewer mail questions? I would like nothing more. We've already answered uh, one, but before we get into the rest of these, again, these come from our friends at patreon.com slash where you too can support the riverfront. Before we answer the questions, we've got hear, and this is what I love. We have a new patron this week. Uh, these guys, we, we hook them and they never leave us because we have such a good time. And even in this garbage season, maybe he's just here for Tattoo Watch. But we have a new a new patron, and it is David Hurst. David, David did, did the full year, prepaid for a full year, man. And again, it's not that much money, a few bucks, but um, really appreciate him uh, helping uh, helping steer the ship here. David Hurst. Now you know what the what the prize is. One of the prizes for joining the crew here, joining the family, you get to be na- your, you to accept your position on the red leg. This season's been long. We're not really nation ready radio anymore. The Riverfront Beer League softball team. Nate, David Hurst. What's David's position on the Beer League softball team? I've got a, an opinion, but a, do you have something you want to lay out there
0: first? My mind immediately went, to, went from David Hurst to the Big Hurt to the Big Hurst. Ooh. And he's a slugging first baseman.
1: Right-handed slugging first baseman. I like it. I was going to say he was a uh, somewhat competent left-handed starting pitcher. A la a guy from, uh, I think, the '80s, uh, maybe early '90s, Bruce Hurst. Bruce Hurst. Pull a name I out mean, of
0: your old baseball card collection. Um, that's not bad, I, I, but who wants who wants to be an obscure pitcher for the beer league softball team? I know. <laughs> that's really Lom not.
1: Yeah, boy, he's regretting joining this team. Uh, So let's go with the big Hurst. He's our slugging first baseman, David, the Big Hurst. Hurst, thank you so much. I'm telling you, I really appreciate your support and everyone's support here. Um, This the the family that's grown up around this has been uh, amazing, and we're happy to have you. Now I haven't seen David uh, check in on the uh, Slack channel yet. Have you seen him, Native? I missed him. I have
0: not. Uh, well, I'm sure will You have an soon, invite. Now you've, now you've called him out in public.
1: <laughs> I did kind of call him out. Um, so, David, if you don't didn't get your invite, you should have received it in your email. Uh, let me know uh, and uh, come join us. We'd love to get to know you a little bit better. Or don't, whatever. If you just want to be the silent majority, that's fine too. That's fine too. First question here. These are viewer mail questions, as always. These are actual questions from actual viewers. First comes from Joey Gadiza. Hey guys, Pittsburgh sucks. Uh, the fact that every team in their city is black and yellow is also pretty lame, I think. Uh, yeah, okay, there you go. What's worse, hitting 100 losses or being swept by the Buccos twice?
0: First off, I want to push back on the black and yellow thing. I think it would be awesome if all the teams in professional cities were all the same color. I never understood why more cities did not do that. Granted, the Bengals being red and white would be odd, sure. They need a new name too, but I don't know. First thoughts.
1: Other than that I like what's I like, I agree
0: with that. I don't know. They both suck. I guess I can I can at least root for I can't root for them to lose to the pirates, but a hundred losses is at least entertaining.
1: Yeah, why not both? That's what I say. I want both of them. No, I don't want either of them. No, lose. I don't ever want to lose the Pirates again. I hate losing the Pirates. I hate losing the Pirates almost as much as I hate losing to the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Really hate losing to the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, but yeah, the Pirates. So I'm going to say losing the Pirates is worse. But if it helps you get to that 100, I don't, I don't want 100 losses. I want 101. We want history, <laughs> a tie history. I don't need just Garden Variety 100. Kyle Kapler, did you want the Reds to re sign Johnny Cueto back in 2015? If so, how is the 2015 or 2016 current roster any different than the one they have now, and how different is the organization then than it is now? Uh, Let me tackle this quickly, and then you can dive in whenever you want. First of all, there's sort of this misconception that I've heard. I'm not saying that Kyle uh, was saying this, but a lot of people, uh, when they were complaining about Homer Bailey being signed to that extension, were like, why didn't you sign Quaid on an extension? Well, the fact of the matter is people forget the reds did sign johnny cueto to a contract extension it was a small it was a three-year extension but it bought out uh some of his uh, i think two of his free agent years maybe uh one or two but anyway it was a three-year deal and so the reds did sign him to an extension now i did want the reds to re-sign cueto in 2015. Uh, many people are revisionist historians and say i didn't i wanted the reds to trade him earlier so that they could have gotten more and it's true if they had traded him sooner than they did would have had received more than um cody reed brandon finnegan and uh luke duke i think was the name of that guy he's one of the duke boys i don't remember um and so i did want them to sign him but i am a hopeless kind of you know (laughs) fanatic that's why i should not be running this team um I, i just yeah, and I'm saying that out loud because I, there's there's a real chance that Bob Cousin is going to ask me to come run the team, I'm sure. Um, boy, I, I, I can't wait to be in the same room with him at some point. It's going to be fun. <laughs> um, so I did want the Reds to re-sign Cueto. I understood why the Reds didn't do it. But you know what? If you look at it, and our buddy Carlos, and again, I apologize, Carlos, on Twitter today said, uh, you know, if, if the Reds still had Cueto this year, Johnny Cueto's numbers – Basically, Nicoladolo plus, you know, 30 more innings or 50 more innings or something. And then, you all-star. Uh, so, I think it would have worked out for the Reds. Now, the second part of that question, because I'm, I'm rambling as I do. How is the 2015 or 2016 current roster any different than the one they have now? And how different is the organization then than it is now? Now, how different is the organization? Uh, I'm not sure that... Uh, I think leadership in the front office is not as good as it was around 2017 or so when Dick Williams really took over. Uh, I don't trust Crawl like I do Williams. He made mistakes, but he also did a lot of things right and uh, had to fight ownership. Crawl doesn't have the um, the sort of ownership angle to be able to fight back against any of uh, the Castellani's nonsense. But I do think that the Reds' current roster is in a lot better shape Again, I've talked several times today about there is a clear path to a good team. And you couldn't really say that in 2015 or 2016 because a lot of things had to go right. And the Reds, when they were trading all those guys, were trying to get guys that were um, almost major league ready. Like literally within days, major league ready. They didn't get any lottery tickets. They didn't really get any elite prospects hardly from any of them. They they really screwed up um, almost every one of those trades. Whereas now, I don't think you can say that. Now, Now, the Hall that crawl got from some of these players may not work out, but I think no one would compare what they got back from those trades before the last rebuild and what we got back in this this current rebuild in terms of the quality of prospects Uh, this year's are are better. So I think the Reds are in a better position now in some ways. They've got lots of roster flexibility, um, and they maybe didn't have as much of that back then, at least not as much as, as now. So, again, I mean, if you're looking for reasons to be optimistic, and that's all we ever do, yeah, if the management can execute, good. But the problem was with this question, how different is the organization then than it is now? It all comes down to there's Castellinis in charge. And how long are the Cast? even if Nick Craw has become the best GM of baseball, how long do the Castellanians go before they make him veer off another direction? It's happened every single time the Reds pick a plan and go one way. The Castellanians come in, stick their noses in it, and make them go a different direction. So, as long as Cassie is in charge, I'm not going to believe that it's different, but I will say to finally, uh, shut up so they can talk a little bit. Um, good. I will say they're in a better position if they choose to execute on it. <sighs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I uh, couldn't possibly add too much more to that. All I will say <laughs> is that keeping, uh, keeping Queto would have been freaking awesome. Um, signing him just for this year in his 4.5 million dollar contract if i'm not mistaken would have been awesome. um I, yeah he's already a uh you know a reds favorite probably a future reds hall of famer. imagine how much more that would be solidified if he'd been on the team this whole time. um he statist- statistically hasn't been much worse than Luis Castillo this year. He's been awesome. and he's yeah. been typically hilarious and fantastic on the social medias. i don't know. um as far as the roster differences I you crush that, but I would love, love, love to still have Johnny Cueto on the Reds, bring him back next year.
1: Yeah, I'll take him until he decides he wants to hang him up. I just—he's one of the most uh, likable players. You know, I talked about likable players uh, in my newsletter, ChadDotson.com. Again, all I'm doing is promoting myself, but uh, but go subscribe—it's free. Um, and last week I was talking about most likable Reds, and I left Cueto out of that discussion, and now I'm really kicking myself because that guy was just delightful. He's still delightful, and his Instagram is amazing. He put a picture of his dead horse on his Instagram. <laughs> it's just laying on the ground. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> oh, Johnny, we miss you. We miss you. <laughs> next question, and, and, and your horse. <laughs> we miss you. Oh, definitely you. Rest in peace, Equado's horse. Um, next comes from Seth Shainer. I like this uh, question, Seth. I said something on the Slack channel in March about apathy and was shouted down a bit. Now, hold on. Does anyone shout anyone down on the Slack channel? I've not seen that. So I hope that behavior wasn't happening on my watch, but uh, maybe there's some pushback. Um, For some, being apathetic means turning their backs on the team from day one. Not me. I still can't quit this team, says Seth. But this September is my version of apathy. I tune in to see how the Reds are doing, but back to school, youth sports, and the arrival of football keep me from being completely dialed in. It wasn't this way in 2010. 2012 and even the short in 2020 it reminds me of a girl i knew in college says seth she looked like just like jonathan india i don't even know what that means he didn't say that she didn't have time for a boyfriend until she did and then she was all in how soon do you expect me to be all in again seth i expect that in april we're all going to be back here and the reds are going to win two of their first three and we're going to be like oh you know what Maybe they're good this year. I don't know. Well, I think we're going to be all in as fans, uh, but it depends on the definition of all in because we're in the back of our minds. gonna me like, well, I know they kind of suck, but still that's their, our laundry that they're wearing. Um, when are you going to be all in for a team that really like 2010, 2012, you said 2025, if things go well, um, 2024, if things really go well, but uh, I'm not going to hold my breath, but I don't know. It's, it's your team. You're still hanging out with us goofballs at the end of a hundred loss season. So, you're still partially in whether, and your attention is going to get diverted. I'm glad we have the Bengals, but
0: Nate. Winters in Ohio are kind of gross. Spring is going to be coming up. And then with that spring training, and there's going to be two weeks leading into spring training where we are all excited and optimistic and happy, even if we're being realistic. And then that'll calm down a little bit. And then, April rolls around, opening day rolls around, and we're all going to be, you know, waxing poetic about the joys of baseball, and we'll be all in again. We'll be all in until they're out of it. Hopefully, that's, you know, later than April.
1: Yeah, Joey Votto presumably will be back. Mm-hmm. Tyler sees will last be healthy. Time, you know, this could be
0: Joey Votto's swan song. Right. I'm all I'm all I'm, in on that today.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I'm not all in on him stopping his career, but. An opportunity to just enjoy what time he has left, absolutely. So, good question, Seth. Jordan Salisbury says, Gentlemen, I hope you survived the bachelor party. Did did we survive, Nate?
0: I just started feeling back to normal today. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway,
1: says Jordan, I was wondering if either of you can share a story of a Reds player you've met or a past Reds player you've met and the interaction interaction had been less than charming or ideal. Basically, a player who wasn't that fan-friendly. Well, um, I'm going to say something that's going to sound incredibly pretentious here, but, you know, this is 446 episodes. <laughs> you already know that I'm pretentious, so we're not we're not uh, breaking any new ground here, uh, Copernicus. Um, I can't say that I've had a bad interaction because I've had very few interactions with players. And the reason is I've never really been an autograph guy. I asked for one autograph when I was, when I was like eight and it's because my, you know, everyone else was doing it. So I went and got Eddie Milner's autograph. I've told that story before. It was on my glove and I promptly left it out in the rain the next week and it washed away, uh, the autograph, not the glove. I wish the glove had, cause it was it was worthless to me anyway. I couldn't, I didn't know how to play, but, um, so, so I'm, you know, I've had a few interactions here and there over the years. I mean, the Bronson Arroyo is uh, incredibly nice, um, you know, but, uh, no bad ones. Cause I really have not, I've not sought out interactions. I don't go try to get autographs. I don't try to, you know, at, at Red's Fest, you know, I don't go get in those lines or uh, you know um, I did get in line at Red's Fest one year for a photograph with Dusty Baker, just because I thought it'd be hilarious as much as I criticized Dusty Baker to have that photo. And it's pretty good. I got, I got to dig that up. But, uh, but anyway, Nate, uh, what do you, what do you think? Any, any interactions?
0: I was thinking about how this might have gone, and I was looking back at all the all the games I've been to. Um, fellow patron that I mentioned earlier, Clay Christian, he once ripped a couple shots at a bar with Johnny Cueto. So that was a very Heist. positive interaction. Um, there was one time when I got starstruck standing outside of Great American after opening day, and then uh, Adam Dunn drives by, rolls down his window. Me and a buddy were both wearing Adam Dunn's shirts, and uh, we just didn't know what to do in the air, in the air and yelled, Thunder, like a bunch of goons. Then he just waved and rolled the window up and drove on. <laughs> <That's a guy. laughs> Thought about that plenty of times before bed. I was like, man, I could I could have tried to be his friend or something. I don't know. It's terrible. But the only real negative um, interaction <laughs> I ever had was um Pete Rose. I was in Vegas, zombie walking over to a hungover brunch, and my pals obviously know how much all of the Reds. They point Pete Rose out to me. He's over there doing his little autograph thing. And I immediately perked up. I was like, oh crap, that's that's Pete freaking Rose. He looks over and just says something along the lines of pictures are 50 bucks. Don't hold up the line. I was the only person (laughs) in the room. There was nobody else there. There was no line to hold up. It was just me. And I hadn't been there long enough to be like, recognize that that was Pete Rose before he told me to give you money or get to moving. Get to fighting or Oh, get to fighting her. Get away. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, Rich Thompson, who uh, we didn't get a question for Rich this week, uh, but uh, he has told me a story in the past of when he was a kid having a really bad interaction with uh, with Pete Rose, um, and a similarly good reaction with King Griffey Sr. Um, I will say that I did have one other interaction that was almost really bad. It was almost fatal, as a matter of fact. I was driving uh, away from the ballpark one day. And came within mere inches of hitting someone, r- riding a bike illegally, trying to cross the street in front of me, illegally, and just about died. And it was uh, Tony Singrani, former Reds uh, pitcher, uh, Tony <laughs> Singrani. So I nearly killed Tony Singrani once. That, was, that wasn't good. Uh, and I'm sorry if you are uh, not watching the YouTube broadcast, because I'm going to show the immortal picture of me
0: and Dusty Baker. Hey. Glorious.
1: Glorious
0: amazing yeah, he um, looks genuinely genuinely good to see you yeah, to see right you.
1: he had no idea what i had been saying about him on the internet all those
0: years <laughs> dusty
1: though we miss you man i was wrong about you buddy i was wrong about yeah. you um all right good question good question uh last one last one comes from our buddy branch brown branch pittsburgh still sucks and does it frustrate you all that with all the halls the reds have gotten and if you don't know what a hall is uh, you've know, not been listening to us, but just so I can tell everyone, the hall is when, when, Nick Carl makes a trade and they get a lot back, everybody's like, Oh, the Reds got a haul. Like we care about halls, but anyway, with all the halls, the reds have gotten, this is a frustrating, they still lose in the minor leagues. And uh, I'll, I'll let you answer Nate, but my initial reaction is uh, not really. I, you know, if I lived in Dayton or Chattanooga and, or Louisville and we're watching that team, I'd prefer they won a lot. Um And, Rich Thompson, I mentioned he he sent me a message the other day kind of looking at the minor league uh win wins and losses of the teams that are playoff bound this year. And he he thought he says, Oh, it looks like there's a, at least this year a correlation. You know, if you do well in the minor leagues, you're doing well. I I don't know I don't know if there is a correlation. I'd like to dig into that further. So maybe I should care more, but it comes down to where until they put on that wishbone seat, I, I just I try, but I can't get too excited. Unless it's Ellie de la Cruz. I can't get too
0: excited. Yep. That's it for me. I mean, they're, they're trying to do so many things down there. I mean, you might have – think of, think of spring, spring training. you got a guy working on uh, his new cut fastball, so he just throws that every single pitch for three innings. You know, they're not, they're not trying to win the way a major league team is supposed to be trying. And guys are moving around so much, and I don't know. Uh, if I'm at the game, sure, I want them to win, but otherwise the stats well, matter more to me than the, than the records.
1: Right, right. But, I mean, I think it's at, at a fundamental level, I guess – if you have really good players in the minors, so you have a good farm system, you're probably going to win more. So, so I guess it does matter, but, but winning is not the top priority for any of the you know the management down there uh, necessarily. And so, um, I mean, it's a priority, but it's not the top priority. So, eh, uh, it does, does, does not frustrate me, uh, Branch. Uh, I, got, listen, I got plenty of things to be frustrated about with the major league reds that, without worrying about the minor leagues. Nate, Branch Brown, uh, by the
0: way, is a very, very strong name. Big fan of the name Branch Brown. I'm, I'm to name fantastic. my first son Branch Brown Dotson. It's happening.
1: Please do. Please do. I thought you said you were going to name him after me. Oh, no, you were until I screwed you with the whole bachelor party thing this week. You know? Sorry about that. I'm going
0: to name it Branch Brown Carlos
1: Dotson. <laughs> oh, gosh, poor kid. Um, Nate, any final thoughts for us here before we go watch the, uh, the Bengals
0: beat up on the Miami Dolphins? I don't think so. I mean, is this the um, – the last podcast of the regular season? I guess it technically is. The the last game
1: is next Wednesday, and so we record on Thursdays. So this yeah.
0: is, yeah, the last. Uh, this this, is, this has been fun. We should have a, um, you know, we'll have, we'll have a re- season recap episode. We need to go back and look at some of our preseason predictions and see how those panned out. I'm not very excited about digging those up, but I don't know, man. Uh Somehow, despite all the odds, sitting around with you for an hour talking about baseball and answering these questions from other similarly insane people is one of the better parts of my week. So,
1: Yeah, you know, even uh, – we've marveled about this uh, privately, but even in just a garbage season like this in a lot of ways, I've never dreaded coming out here just talking baseball. And, you know, I I don't know. There's enough fun stuff around this team that makes it worth it. But uh, now we get to go all in on – the Bengals, I guess. And, uh, and you know, whoever your favorite uh, college football team is, uh, for me, it's the Bearcats. Um, particularly my favorite college football team is, uh, Xavier. They never lost a game, um, or lost. And so, um, that's, that's who I like. I've lost, I lost my train of thought, Nate. Am I I supposed to end now? Is Is that where this goes? FC Cincinnati.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, Thanks to everyone for listening to and supporting the Riverfront. Uh, please remember to subscribe to the show either on YouTube or in your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or at Riverfront Scentsy on all those platforms. And once again, huge, huge thank you to our supporters at Patreon.com, mm-hmm. slash Riverfront Cincy. The show would not be possible without your support. Uh, Nate, this was fun, man. Always is. Go Reds. for Nate. Go Reds. For Nate Dotson and Logan Andrusek. This is Chad Dawson saying so long, everyone.